say a little bit more about what you were doing at uh, Keepers of the Earth. Um, I mean, because again, this is such a foundational organization. Yeah. You're out there looking for something. Nothing's there. And so you're like, I guess I'll learn grant writing, <laughs> which to me, that's something I've never tried to do. That seems very intimidating. And so getting that thing going. And I think what was it around for maybe a decade and then you kind of stopped it and move on to some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what were, what were you doing for that, for that decade? During the decade. Um, so, um, so in the beginning, you, you know, we came up with, you know, I had to build a board and I had to raise money and, um, I, and I should say that some of my my first two grants, one was from John Hunting, who ran the Belden Fund, and he was always on the lookout for folks doing religion and ecology. And he funded Shomri Adama because he saw it as a model. The, you know, the, I was like, you know, in the first, like, three or four people doing religion and ecology. So, so people were looking for, for, for like, tar, you know, how do you target different audiences? Like different audiences are, need different environmental messages. Right. So, um, so anyway, that, that, you know, so all of that strategic stuff of figuring out well, how are you going to sell this pro- product to foundations? And um, so, uh, so in the beginning, it was, you know, we just came up with these ideas about um, developing green synagogues, right? What do you, you know, like a whole series of things that you can do to green your synagogue, nice. right? To, to green the physical plant and also to green activities. And then, so there was that. So this is like the first year, kind of the ideas that we need, we were going to work on. There was the decision to work on a curriculum, um, which took a couple of years. It's called Let the Earth Teach You Torah. And it was a high school curriculum on Judaism and ecology. So there there were those things. And then we worked on just having this really wonderful newsletter um, it's fascinating. I always encourage people to go to my website and check out the newsletter. If you were to go read it, it would be just like today. Hmm. I mean, stuff that we're talking, I mean, not the language of climate change so much, but everything else, but the same issues. Yeah. Um, and so those were the first kinds of things that we, we were doing. Um, the curriculum took a few years and over time I was, um, you know, able to hire staff. And we did, we also did stuff like running, uh, we we ran a few wilderness trips to take take people out and give them an experience of, there were actually water canoe trips. We Mm. we ran one in Utah and one in Maine to give people an experience of, of wilderness and like teaching uh, ecological stuff in the wilderness. Um, But the, you know, there was, there was so much for me to learn as somebody, you know, I mean, I learned as I went, right. And just, just about like how to run an organization and what you do and what you say no to, right. There was so much, I mean, we were the only ones on the block doing it and everybody wanted, you know, everybody would come to us for everything that was remotely related to Judaism and ecology. And I had to realize, you know, I have X skills and I don't have these other skills. And so 
So originally um, there were all these chapters that bubbled up and we had to basically cut that because, you know, people were going off and saying all these things in the name of Shomri Adama, the, the name of the organization that were, you know, that were totally wrong. You know? <laughs> so, so, so basically you pulled in from doing um, like chapter work and just focused on educational work. Mm. I mean, there was so much to do of really developing uh, developing a, a foundation in, in Jewish ecological thought. So that was what the curriculum was about. We, we partnered with Hadassah, which is this huge Jewish organization, and did a book for, for them on Judaism ecology. It's a women's organization. So it was a book that they would use during the year uh, for like their monthly gatherings, and they'd study a chapter each month. Um, so there was just a lot of educational kinds of things and, you know, a lot of speaking gigs and, um, yeah, conferences and. Right. That's, that's such it. cool work. That's great. I like that, uh, you still kept the, the wilderness trips involved. Right. So still, still rabbi of the river right, <laughs> after right. all those years. Right. Oh, but I forgot to say like maybe the most important thing. <laughs> Um, the way that Shemriyadama started, like the very first thing that this was actually even before Shemriyadama started, the the summer, the the year before Shemriyadama started, I worked on the hall, the Jewish holiday Tubishvat, the New Year of the Trees, mm-hmm. and um, so Judaism has this really cool minor holiday that's a holiday for trees. And it's, it was all about paying taxes on the, on your fruit trees. Um, And it was not seen as a significant holiday. It was just a minor holiday in the calendar. Um, But in the 1600s, the mystics who lived in Sfat in Israel, these Kabbalists, they developed a Seder, a ritual for this holiday. Hmm. Um, Anyway, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I was able to, take what the Kabbalists did and transform it into a Seder that's based on earth, water, air, and fire, Mm -hmm. based on the four elements or four habitats in a way. And, um, and I produced, so I wrote this Haggadah, which is a little guidebook to, to the holiday. And, um, and I partnered with the Philadelphia parks department and we got the use of one of the boathouses, these iconic boathouses on the Schuylkill River, and had this enormous festival celebrating Tubishvat. And it was open to the public, and there were all, all these artists and musicians that participated. So it was one of these things that you know took months to produce, to get people engaged and produce. Um, and it was actually the second year I did it, it was covered by National Public Radio. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for me, doing holiday work has always been really important because, again, it's about, like, how do you reach people in joy right. so that you engage people instead of, like, telling people what to do? Yeah. I feel like the more that you can reach people in terms of abundance and their own, you know, like, 
their own connection to the holiday or to the earth, then, I mean, that, that feels like this really important first step. Because I just find over and over people come up with these like to-do lists of, of ways to try to get people involved in a synagogue or a church. And it's very pedestrian. And, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to do X, Y, Z, you know, and there's no, there's no flavor, you know, and there's no color and there's no sensuality. And it just feels like completely divorced from what it means to live in the natural world. And so, so the holidays for me have been a way of really sort of lifting up all the beauty. Um, and and engaging people that way. Mm-hmm. 